Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what He's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. Peace to your house. Glad you're with us tonight. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, I'm telling you something. If I lived around here, I'd come to this church. I'm just saying. What a wonderful night already, amen? Thank you, worship team. Boy, they cooked it all the way across tonight, so... All right, we're going to get into the Word. You good about that? Uh, We're continuing on a two-year series called Believe. There's your cue, clue, right there. And uh, does anybody know what we're studying right now? Listen to you guys. Pneumatology. Y'all are smart or something, okay? And what we're looking at is the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And again, for those of you just kind of, you know, new or or first time with us, we are believers. Um, we want to know what we believe, why we believe it, be able to articulate what we believe, be able to share what we believe. And so we're, we're doing something called systematic theology, which is um, what the Bible teaches as a whole, kind of systemized so that we can take these different things and learn. And right now we're learning about the, the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it would be pretty important to know about the Holy Spirit? Amen. Let me tell you kind of how we're going to finish out the year, too. I mean, we'll take a break. I mean, it's not like I'm going to keep you the rest of the year, okay? Uh, We've got a number more weeks on uh, pneumatology on the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to do something called ecclesiology. Does anybody know what that is? It's about the church and uh, the mystery of the church and what God wants to do in the church and and the age that we're in, uh, dispensation that we're in. And then after that, we're going to do something called eschatology. Does anybody know what eschatology is? In times. In times. What, what is yet to come? What does the Bible say about what is yet to come? What is the plan? What is the timeline? And then we'll finish out the year doing uh, Q&A. Uh, and I'm not brave enough, and I doubt I'm smart enough to just stand up here and take questions, but we'll have a way that you can submit questions regarding what does the Bible teach about this and about this, and we'll, we'll put it all in the context of systematic theology. So we have a rich year ahead uh, on Wednesday nights. In addition to that, every first Wednesday, everybody say first Wednesday, on first Wednesday we have our habitation services. Uh, didn't we have a wonderful one last, last week, just a powerful time? So you don't want to miss those as well. So all that being said, let's close in prayer. And uh, No, I'm joking. Uh, so again, pneumatology, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. He descends like a dove. He baptizes with fire. He comforts. He teaches. He reminds. He guides. He corrects. He convicts. He helps. He strengthens. And on and on and on. So many ways that the Holy Spirit helps you. How many of you are aware that the Holy Spirit is helping you in a whole lot of ways in, in your life? And he helps us in prayer. He helps us um, uh, planning our day, walking through our day, 
um, so many ways that he helps us. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 18, we're not going to turn there right now, but you remember the great prophet Elijah, and he's on Mount Carmel, and there's a showdown, so to speak, him and the prophets of Baal, and there's about 450 of them, and there's one of him, and the, the point of contention they have is, uh, my dad can beat up your dad, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's like, whose God can answer by fire? And Elijah's God, who happens to be our God, uh, answered by fire and put a whooping on him. Okay, that's directly from the Hebrew of the Old Testament. Uh, Put a whooping on him and showed himself by fire. Are you glad that we have a God who can answer by fire? But go with me on this, though. But maybe tonight you don't need fire from heaven. You know, maybe tonight you might need this. Maybe you just need some help with some insecurities or some uncertainties or peace or some wisdom or courage to do the right thing or some direction or grace just to hold on or help with a breakthrough. Any of those things, any, that list hit anybody here tonight? Um, so sometimes it's been said this way. If you look for the Holy Spirit only in the, in the spectacular, you'll miss him. I love when he answers by fire. I wish he'd do it more often. Come on, y'all. I wish he'd just show up out, outside the White House Wait, I'm not done. Stop, stop, stop. Outside Capitol Hill. Outside the Supreme Court building. Outside all kinds of places. Just show up and do some stuff. Y'all hear me? That God would be God, and he is God. And he's, he's working and he can do what he wants all over the... I wish he'd show up some places in the Middle East where some people are just running so rampantly crazy, terrorizing and so forth. I just wish he'd just show up in the desert. Don't worry, I do ask God to do these things. So God, you could do this. You could fix this. You know? and, and he can. But he's God and he has more wisdom and restraint than this guy, okay? Because I think I'd be blowing too many things up. (laughs) Squishing too many people. And God is more wise than we are. And he knows when to answer by fire. And he knows when to be that whirlwind. And he knows when to whisper. And I find that I need him a lot to whisper to get so close to me. It's like, yeah, that's what I need. And I want to share something with you tonight um, that I think this is one of the things that he does is when we're aware of this. But I want us to realize, yes, our God, Holy Spirit can answer by fire. But we also need him sometimes in those up-close moments. And can I submit to you, I think that's more of what he does 
And so be careful, okay? Because a lot of times we see things in uh, church media and, and uh, online and television and so forth. And, you know, and I'm all about an exciting service. We have had an exciting service tonight. I thought Pastor Heron was going to take off tonight. <laughs> I loved it. Hey, and I got to let you in on this. We work on things because we want timing with everything ahead of time. And, you know, it's not, it's not just by rote for us, but he came out earlier. You know, we were going through sound checks and timing things and, and uh, making sure tech and everything was all lined up. And he came out and he just did this polished little, and thank you for coming tonight and you may be seated. And I encouraged him. I said, well, you're, you're going to come out of a pretty hot song. I said, so go with your heart. You know, pull something up. So, so I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Instead of so glad you're here today. <laughs> Amen. All right. Life, is, here's a no-brainer. Life is tough. Uh, our mission is tough. And Jesus said this, don't try this on your own. Don't try this on your own. At the end of the book of Luke, Luke 24, and then going into the book of Acts, chapter 1. And I would encourage you to read Luke and Acts together. Uh, same writer, Luke. First book, he couldn't think of a better name, so he just self-titled. No, I'm just, I'm joking. But Luke, and Luke shares some things at the end of that gospel of, of, of Jesus saying, don't even try this on your own. Wait, because the Father's going to endue you with power by the Holy Spirit. And then you get in the beginning of the book of Acts. So we're, we're now post-resurrection, but we're pre-Pentecost. So Jesus has risen from the dead, but the Holy Spirit has not yet come. Y'all, y'all tracking with me? And in that point, Jesus said, do not try this on your own. He said, go and wait. Now, thank God we don't have to wait anymore because the Holy Spirit has come. Okay? And so in that time, though, he said, you, you wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will give you power and the Holy Spirit will help you. So the power and the help for our, for our life from the Holy Spirit, let me submit this to you, happens daily, okay? It should not just be an event, a place, a special meeting, a service or whatever. We want, we want the Holy Spirit to, to maximize all of those things. But this is what I'm trying to really focus you on. It's through your walk and relationship and interaction with the Holy Spirit, driving a tractor, training a horse, driving a truck, doing brain surgery, flying a jet, whatever you do. I don't know what you do. Whatever you do, you need him there. You don't need him just at a building and a certain event, special service or whatever. You need him in in your life. And the major work, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is daily and personal with you. Are y'all hearing that? And, and that, I believe, is where that help really begins to flow in our lives. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. And this is in the English Standard Version. The grace, and look for the Trinity here, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Read that. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Look at it in the message 
which is a, a paraphrase. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. And the intimate friendship. Read this part. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And out of that, I think that is where intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. The same Spirit that created. Look back in the Proverbs and you'll see that he was beside God at creation as a master craftsman. The same Spirit that came on prophets, priests, and kings, and incredible things that was there. It was the, he's the agent of action of the Godhead. He's the one who blew and split the Red Sea. He's the one who showed up in the tomb and raised Jesus from the dead. Y'all, have y'all heard about these things? You're like, yes, praise God. Wrong church, folks, okay? And yet he, he is the one who will meet with me in the morning. He's the one who will ride with me in the car and sometimes whisper to me, turn off the radio. It's like, you got something better than this? It's my jam. I mean, you know, he's got something better. He's the one who will prompt you and lead you and guide you. We want that in our lives, amen? Well, I want to talk about, uh, let me go ahead and move to where we're headed tonight, and it's this. I want to talk about being sealed by the Spirit. Sealed by the Spirit. Incredibly important and seldomly talked about. This is rarely taught on, but this is incredibly important. Sealed by the Spirit. Go ahead and say it. Sealed by the Spirit. Um, Look with me, if you will, in Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. In him, Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, Jesus, were, help me, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So notice this. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit who was promised. In him, you also, there we go, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. How many of you know we don't have it all yet? How many of you know that the fullness, the full manifestation of our, of our redemption has, is not manifest yet? Okay. All that is to come. And he is the guarantee of that. Now look at this. Uh, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. Sealed. Everybody say sealed again. Sealed actually here has to do with proof, proof of a final transaction. This is proof that he purchased us, proof that once we believed, he sealed us uh, and redeemed us. So sealed here has the idea of ownership, ownership. Go ahead and say that, ownership. Uh, You belong to God. You belong to God. This is also a sign of authority. It's a sign of protection. Uh, Let's look at a couple other things here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body, say my body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
Okay, let me stop on this just for a moment. Not our topic tonight, but I feel prompted just, you've got to remember that your body, say my body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you. He lives in you. And Paul is writing this and addressing the church at Corinth because they were having some moral issues. And he said, I think I know the problem. Is you don't realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be very careful what we partake in, what we participate in, what we expose ourselves to, because guess who you're carrying around? You're carrying around the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So again, this has to do with ownership. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Second Timothy 2.19, it says, the Lord knows those who are his. So this is about ownership, and the Lord knows that you belong to him. Second Corinthians 1.22, it says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us watch this, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Look at this also in the New Living Translation. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own. Now, in the previous uh, translation we read, this is where it says he sealed us. Well, look at this. He identified us as his own. He marked us as his own. Now, hold that verse there just for a moment. I am not demeaning this. This is scary territory here. But how many of you, when you travel and you've got your suitcase and you're going to check your bags, how many of you know that they want you to somehow mark it as your own? You know, and some people do some goofy stuff. One time I, I went on a trip. And uh, actually, I was, I was meeting Pastor A.R. Bernard. Uh, we were going to fly somewhere together. And my wife was helping me get everything together. And she put a big red ribbon on my suitcase. <laughs> I pulled it off. <laughs> Got some other stuff. But, but listen, you want to mark things so that you can identify what is yours. Okay? So he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Amen. Now, let me show you a picture of a seal. Not, okay, I was, I was going to make a joke about the uh-uh seal, but okay. Okay, and you're aware of this. So someone would take, uh, and we have all the different forms of this today too, they would take, like a king or a ruler would have a signet ring. It would have a, a seal within it, you know, some kind of crest, some kind of marking that was unique to him and his or her and their authority. And they would, they would push it into clay or, or into soft wax. And it would mark something to show ownership, to show authority, to show protection. Um, Sometimes people who were asked to do that a lot would carry this almost like a cylinder around their neck and they would use that to stamp. Sometimes there were bigger ones that belonged to the king or to an army that they were to mark some things. Um, In Daniel, we find King Darius of Persia. Remember they put Daniel in the lion's den? 
And it said that he sealed the den, and that's not just to close the den, but he sealed it uh, as in he did close it, but then he sealed it, and the scripture says, and all his lords, so all of his leaders, they also, they created uh, 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 like a um, safety protection seal over something. Have you ever seen things before? Do not open if the seal, or do not partake if the seal is broken. Okay, so we have it so many ways. And so they did that so that what they had to decree that was to happen to Daniel was sealed off and no one could tamper with it. Did y'all hear that? No one could tamper with it. Okay, and so they did that in that case. Uh, Another example of this is uh, Jesus in the tomb. It says that the Roman guards in in, uh, the book of Matthew, it said that the Roman guards... uh, Closed. They rolled the stone and then they sealed the tomb so that no one could tamper with it, that it was under their guard and under their authority. And then and, uh, we find examples throughout Scripture and throughout history where uh, when you would have a business transaction, uh, the final proof of that is it was sealed. Have you ever had somebody mark paid in full or, you know, they in some way have marked this? Uh, we find it in particular with someone would buy land well, you had to have something that was sealed. It had to have somebody's seal on it that that land was now yours. It's proof of ownership. And so we see it on legal documents and some things that are shipped. And uh, in the West, out in the West, in the early days of our country, before there were fences and so forth, uh, cattlemen would do what to their livestock? They would brand them. And what is that brand? It's, it's a seal. It's a mark of ownership, which means it belongs to me and don't steal my cow, okay? Don't mess with my critters. And so it's ownership, it's protection, it is authority over those things. And that's what this seal represents, uh, so to speak. And the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Spirit seals us. So follow this just for a moment here. When he seals us, it's something that he does, It's not something that we do. It's something that he does. It is unseen to us. Yet I think it's noticeable. Let me go back to the airport again. Have you ever been uh, at an airport or some other place and you see people and you don't know those people, but you know those people? You recognize something about them, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ? Some of y'all need to get out more. You know, and you, and you see people and you just, there's something in you you recognize as a believer. And you see some other people and you recognize they're not. Okay? But you, it's unseen, but yet it is, it is noticeable. I believe it is absolutely real. I believe it is actually visible in the spiritual realm. I think that we are marked. I think we're actually stamped. Can I tell you something? I think in, in the spiritual realm, you actually glow in the dark. Seriously. You have the light of God in you. You have the life of God in you. Can I tell you how you're sealed? The Holy Spirit himself is the mark on you. You are sealed, as we read earlier in Ephesians 1, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So the, 
we, we just saw the picture of that stamp. What is it that's on you? What is it that's on you? I think it's the Holy Spirit himself has marked you. And listen, God has marked those that belong to him. God knows those who belong to him. Now follow me because we're going somewhere with this in the next few moments. Look at me for this. The enemy also notices that mark. I said the enemy also notices that mark. We are branded. We are marked. And, and you know what? Uh, and I'll get to this in just a second. We need to carry ourselves like we are marked. But listen, if you weren't marked, I think the enemy, and I know it gets hard sometimes. It gets hard sometimes. But you have no idea what it would be like if God had not put his stamp on you, had he not sealed you with the Holy Spirit. These are mine. These are mine. I believe you're blessed. I believe you're protected. I believe you're marked. Now, I think the enemy sees our seal. Now, if we are his, are you his? Yes. If you're his, I think we should carry ourselves like we're his. I think we should think like we're his. See, we're so often thinking about woe is me and all my problems, and this went bad for me. And I think you need to start to think and declare a little more. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Could, could we go back to a verse here? Go back to, um, oh, we're not, we're not even there yet. So I knew we were close to it. Wait till you see this verse in a minute. I think we should carry ourselves, think this way, declare this way, not in a haughty way, but in a way, I, you know what? I'm not the tail, I'm the head. Amen. I'm above only and I'm not beneath. I'm not abandoned. I'm not forsaken. This world is not my home. I'm just traveling through here and I have a lot of help. Are you all with me? I'm redeemed. I'm in God's hand and no one can snatch me from him. He has embraced me in such a way nothing can separate me from the love of God. Yeah, and so we're, we're too often, though, well, the government this and gas just can't make up its mind if the price is going to go up and down. And you know what? I pay attention to those things, but this is what I declare. I'll, I'll watch gas jump 10, 15 cents a gallon. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And y'all need to perk up. I, I, wish, I wish there was some kind of glasses we could put on and look in the mirror and see you are sealed you are marked in such a way it is seen in the spiritual realm god knows those that are his and the enemy knows those that belong to god i think we need to start thinking about ourselves a little different carrying ourselves a little bit different declaring and speaking over our life a little bit differently here's another one you like that one but you won't like this one and if we are his and if we're sealed by the Spirit, we should act like it. We should act like it. Watch this, and I'm going to get in your business here for a moment. Ephesians 4.30. Watch this, first of all. And do not grieve. Whew. And look how it's, this is the thing I was trying to point to a moment ago. The Holy Spirit of God. I mean, they just fill this out. Sometimes it's Spirit, Holy Spirit, whatever. But this is the Holy Spirit of God. You, say me. me. 
you do not grieve. This means to vex, to sadden, to upset the Holy Spirit of God. What? We can do that? Yeah. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let me read it to you in the message. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So don't grieve. Don't sadden the Holy Spirit. Now listen, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to quit you. He's not going to quit on you. But just like your children, have your children ever done something before and that make you sad? There's certain things and ways that you want them to be. Uh, the other night, uh, uh, Gabriel and I met Lee and my grandbabies, Gavin and Cora. And we went and ate together because Alicia and Katie, they were involved in another uh, gathering. And so we went and ate together and then we went to like a frozen yogurt place. So Gavin, he, he's so beautiful and just so funny. And he has moments. He, he, he reminds me of his grandpa. And of his dad. And he'd been so good all night long. And then we're in this ice cream place. And I don't know what happened, but the girls that were working there, um, I think they thought he was cute. And he's loading up his own stuff, you know, on there. And I don't know if he got embarrassed or what, but he just started. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, I don't really correct him. I'm not his parents, you know, but I'm like, Gavin. Gavin, be nice. So he's eating his stuff, and they're talking about how cute he is or whatever. He's like, <laughs> so, so, it's like, be, be nice. And you know what? It, you know, it, I'm laughing, too. But inside, it's like, nobody, no. You know, and how, that's pretty minor. But sometimes we as kids, we do things, and we as children of God that belong to him, how many of you know sometimes we act out in some ways that sadden him, that grieve him, that grieve him? Now, what is the context? What is the context? How is it that we grieve the Holy Spirit of God that sealed us? See, some people take that out of context. It's because, oh, you didn't do this in a service, or you didn't, you didn't allow for a prophecy, or this or that. The context, read it in the context, and, and listen to me. It's how we treat one another. It's how we interact with one another. That's what can grieve him. So I just want to read a whole big portion here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. We'll put it in context. I put it in the New Living, which is roughly written for about an eighth grade understanding. Seriously. Because I wanted all of us to get it tonight. Okay, I read out of this often. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the idiot, uh, the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. 
so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow. Here we go. This is the context. Do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit of God by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you, sealed you. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, go ahead and read the rest of it with me. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You're sealed. You belong to God. You belong to God. He has marked you with the Holy Spirit of God. You are branded. You are stamped. You belong to him. He's identified you as his own. And you know what he wants? He wants us to carry ourselves like his own. He wants us to act. And how dare any of us grieve the Holy Spirit who sealed us and marked us that we belong to God himself. We as believers, we belong to God. We're sealed, we're marked, and God knows how to take care of his own. Now here's something that the Holy Spirit does alongside of this, and then we're gonna kind of bring this to a close tonight. Romans chapter eight, the Spirit himself is the one who seals you bears witness, doesn't just seal and stamp and mark you so God knows and the enemy knows and the whole spirit world knows. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? That we're the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness. He testifies, he affirms, he confirms, he reaffirms, he reminds us that we are the children of God. Now listen to me, this might shock you. I need that. You need that. You need that. Seriously. We need the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us and to remind us. You know what? That centers me. Yeah, it's in those intimate times with the Holy Spirit that he reminds you of this. You ready? Whose you are. Who you are. And why you're even here. You can only get that from him. And the Holy Spirit, the same one who sealed us, marking us as belonging to God. He bears witness with our Holy, with our spirit, Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Can I tell you something? That will center you on a crazy day. Anybody ever had a crazy day? That will center you in a crazy world. Did you notice we're living in a crazy world? And how do you get this? You get it. it I think it flows out of that personal friendship with the Holy Spirit of God, that you commune with him. And and, and I'm just a big advocate for this. Start your day that way. Why would we wait? Why would we wait? Well, I've got a break in the afternoon, mid-afternoon. I'll spend some time with God then. You know, you're better than I am because I've messed a whole lot up by then. I do better to start my day. You know what? You're going to be so insecure, so afraid, so confused, so overwhelmed by 2.30 in the afternoon of, of spending that much time. Of, and I'm telling you, the enemy of your soul is going to be working against you, causing doubt, causing anger, causing all kinds of things against you. It is best for you to get that settled and centered early in the day. Slow down. First and 15. First 15. Last 15 with the Lord, 15's a teaser. I mean, spend some time with God. And out of that time with God, I tell you what, you're just gonna know 
I belong to God. I'm marked. No one can take me out of his hands. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know I'm not alone. I know God will help me. And just having that time, I'm telling you what, that is part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You are sealed. You are marked. God has identified those that are his own. Amen. And then the Spirit comes back and bears witness with your spirit of how you're marked. Amen. A lot more we could say on that. We'll stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Amen.